Hello, hello, hello. I'm Jan Goldstein. Welcome to All That Matters. This has been uh, an extraordinary time. We, we've been together slightly over a year now on All That Matters. And uh, this began right thick in the pandemic. And I'm just so moved by all of the many listeners who tune into a positivity podcast. They're looking for positivity. We all are. And here in 12 to 15 minutes every Monday, um, whether you're finding me on Apple or Spotify or Audible or anywhere you're finding your podcast or on my website, jangoldstein.com, um, what we're looking for here is a new way of looking. I just thought if you slightly move the way we look at, at life and all through the lens of a true story of the real world, um, we can find how good life can be. And we particularly want to touch how positive it can be and, and take that in. Um, my very first book it was Life Can Be This Good. And that's sort of what All That Matters is. All That Matters is the title of my Life Can Be This Good was my first book, which was a nonfiction book. I had a second one, Sacred Wounds, and then I began writing my novels, and my first one was entitled All That Matters, and I'll talk about that in future weeks, because some of my novels were born of powerful uh, stories, um, and I've referred to one of them in, in these podcasts. What I wanted to say was I've just gone through a weekend where I watched this incredible teenage um, women's final at the U.S. Open and seeing Raducanu uh, defeat Fernandez, but both of them so incredible. And Layla Fernandez saying so beautifully, I hope I can be as resilient as the people of New York have been these past 20 years because this game was played on 9-11 on the anniversary. And, and what a remarkable poised thing to say for a 19-year-old. And the hope and the smiles and the resilience and the discipline and the courage these two young women showed. And then, of course, uh, the men's final where Medvedev defeats Djokovic. But such a remarkable story there, too, of, um, of hard work and, and of passion and of never giving up. But I didn't know until some other news report I happened to see that they were also playing... Um, um, yet another tournament at the U.S. Open, and this was for those who had disability, who were physically challenged. And so these championships were played, these tennis tournaments were played in wheelchairs, playing tennis. Um, and it was a remarkable sight to me. And it reminded me of the Paralympics of this past summer after the U.S., uh, after the Tokyo Olympics and the, and athletes of the world gathering uh, and competing against one another, there is yet another Olympics, as there is each time, where um, Paralympians, those who are physically challenged to have some physical disability, whether they're blind, they're missing a limb, they are in wheelchairs, whatever it is, they are competing as well. And you speak of courage and you speak of resilience but you also speak of the human spirit that says, I can compete 
I can succeed no matter what life has thrown me. Um, the tremendous spirit that comes from deep inside that um, that comes through in a competition. And it's how sports can teach us about life. You know, Christopher Reeve, who famously played Superman in the 70s and 80s, um, in 1995, he became paralyzed from the neck down after a horse riding accident. And he was instrumental in raising awareness of and lobbying for research into spinal cord injuries. And he said, a hero is an ordinary individual who finds the strength to persevere and endure in spite of overwhelming obstacles. The hero finds the strength to persevere and to endure in spite of overwhelming obstacles. And I think to myself um, how much he taught us and artists and athletes who might have some renown have a, a way of teaching us, um, I think, a whole new dimension to resilience and a whole new dimension of positivity. I think of actor Michael J. Fox in MLS. I, I think of the remarkable ability to pick oneself up. But my first, it, it got me thinking about my very first um, introduction to someone who was physically challenged. And I was a young boy living next door to uh, a a group of women, they were sisters. And to me as a young boy, they they all seemed ancient, but they must have been a middle-aged or so. And they were um, four sisters who lived together um, at the top of our cul-de-sac. And every once in a while, the garage door would open and I knew what to expect. The garage door would open and a chair would appear. And to me it was a magic chair because it was moving, it was in motion. And this was quite a while ago before so many um, incredible inventions have taken place. Uh, that have to do with something like a chair that moved. But out in it came a woman, one of the sisters, who was disabled and was in that chair. And I remember seeing her hand go to a, oh, what I want to say, like a a, a, a stick with a round knob on it, um, uh, on the right-hand side of her chair. And with that, she would move forward, backwards, um, stop, and so forth. That was her means of communication to the chair. Her name was Eulela. I always remember, I'd never heard a name like that, of course, before. I've actually never heard a name like it since. And my mother explained to me that her sisters took care of her, helped her with her needs, but that this chair gave her freedom. And I would watch, I don't know, from my bedroom or uh, 
from my stoop outside on my front porch. And I would watch that when I would see that door open up and I would see that chair emerged. I remember the first time I was standing out in the street when she actually came towards me. And I sort of tightened. Here was somebody different. Here was someone I didn't know, someone I I didn't understand really. I had maybe said one word to her, a hi from far away once before in my life. But here she was coming to me and my heart was pounding and her face just opened up into a smile and she nodded her head at me and I, I think I mouthed the words, hi, how are, and I couldn't quite get it out, but she smiled at me anyway and went on her sort of daily constitution, her daily ride around the neighborhood. And I've thought of you, Layla, from time to time as I've grown up, and I am reminded of her when I think of the Paralympics and when I think of the uh, recent U.S. Open where athletes of, with disability play and compete. And I thought, when I was a young boy, that chair, which in some ways confined her, uh, she had to remain in it, at the same time propelled her. I used to think to myself, There goes Eulela and her magic chair. And that magic chair was what introduced her to me. Otherwise, she would remain behind closed doors of that house next door. She came out. She met the world. She saw the world. She smiled at the world. And I thought to myself... She really is a human being. And for a young boy, you think, well, uh, duh, but yeah. I had to learn that a person who maybe wasn't made like me or didn't function in the same way as me was also human, was also equal. And my mom would convey the humanity of each and every human being as I grew up. And I, I give her thanks to this day that she and my dad taught me about humanity, about different colors, about different cultures, and in this case, about different states of being, of the way we are. Is she disabled? What does it mean to be disabled? Joey Ryman says, what I learned was that These athletes were not disabled. They were super-abled. The Olympics is where heroes are made. The Paralympics is where heroes come. Yeah. Eulela was a hero. She and her magic chair and her smile taught me everything I needed to know about the human spirit. Helen Keller says, though the world is full of suffering, it is full also of the overcoming of it. 
and wow, Eulalia overcame so much, and with the love of her sisters, I came to understand her in the years since as someone who gave a boy the gift of connection. Connection to people of all abilities. And whether we're physically challenged or humanly challenged or heart challenged or mentally challenged, each of us, a gift of God, each of us capable of showing resilience and discipline and courage. You know, Perhaps you can think of somebody in your life who's taught you that particular lesson about our common humanity, no matter what shape we're in, no matter what struggle we are. I met someone recently in a chair uh, who was confined to a chair after an accident uh, who could barely speak, but when he spoke, he said, don't judge me by my cover. He got the words out. I have so much to give. It's looking at that gift and seeing that gift when we might be quick to judge someone by their outward appearance that I think helps make life so good, that gives us a positivity that oftentimes we're missing on first judgment. So sit with it this week and think about Someone you either knew or know or someone you've seen who is challenged with a physical disability but with whom you connect, who has connected with you because of the courage and resilience and creativity they've shown. And you can't but help think of Stephen Hawking and so many individuals Actors who continue to act. Singers who continue to sing. Human beings who continue to smile. I leave you with this thought from Fred Rogers. Because there are are different kinds of disability, aren't there? In fact, he says, quote, Part of the problem with the word disabilities is that it immediately suggests an inability to see or hear or walk or do other things that many of us take for granted. But what of people who can't feel or talk about their feelings or manage their feelings in constructive ways? What of people who aren't able to form close and strong relationships and people who cannot find fulfillment in their lives or those who have lost hope, who live in disappointment and bitterness and find in life no joy, no love? These, it seems to me, are the real disabilities. Each of us has our own way of seeing the world, of experiencing the world. May it it be our commitment 
do not see the disabilities, but the abilities of each and every human being. And to be the kind of human being who can feel and see and hear, not only with our eyes and ears, if we are able, but with our hearts. That would be true vision. Until next week, I'm Jan Goldstein, and this is All That Matters.